0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to 21 Questions, the podcast where we talk about 21 big questions about life, faith, and Christianity in about 20 minutes during 2021.
1: My name is Rich Jones. I'm a pastor at Living Rock Churches, This is my good friend and colleague, Mike Schuter, <laughs> and uh, we've been working together for a number of years, and we're very happy to be with you today.
0: We are. Um, the whole series is available on our YouTube channel, Living Rock Church, and you can also get audio versions of the podcast on all major podcasting platforms. Uh, you can also go to livingrock.church forward slash 21 questions and get everything there, or you can just head down to the description because in the description are all the links you could ever need just below, as always. Yes. So this week, we will be asking the question, what does God think about sex? Um, so yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Um, it'll be an interesting one um lots of stuff to explore lots of stuff to talk about and uh i think lots of people have a view on what they think christians think about sex Mm -hmm. um the christian view on sex has been misunderstood for a really long time some of which is our own fault (laughs) and uh some of which is just uh like myths that have been made up yeah um but I think a lot of why it's misunderstood is because the Christian view on sex is quite different to our cultural trajectory. Definitely. Um, what the world thinks about sex, what yes. um, the society we're a part of thinks about sex is massively different from the, mm-hmm. the Christian view of that. Um And the appetites that our culture tries to promote and push forward. Um, You know, the biggest thing about sex in our culture, to a certain extent, is it's a tool for sales. Um, (laughs) You know, sex sells. You get hammered with that time and time again in so many different environments. And and that in and of itself is such a departure from the Christian view. So... Uh, it's also,
1: it's also, pardon the pun. It's also like the climax of a relationship, yeah. Okay, reaching yeah. its kind of maximum potential is they've had sex. It's yeah. like this is the pinnacle of, of of two people kind of finding one another. Yeah, uh, like the goal. Yeah, exactly. Rather than companionship, love, you know, unconditional love. Care and spending time together, family, all those kind all of the, things. Yeah, and what that kind of all of the other stuff. Yeah. So it has become like somehow this kind of absolute apex of living your best life is that you're always having sex exactly. with somebody. You know, like-
0: exactly. And the culture <laughs> we live in really has prized two big things that have dramatically impacted. I think its view on sex, and those two things would be individuality yeah. and freedom. Yeah. They're like the two things that we want everybody to be free. We want to be as free as we possibly can be. And and Be true to yourself, this. Mike. Be true to yourself. Yeah. Even if your truth is different, let's Persu- not get into your, that again. Pursue <laughs> your best you and what yeah, you want. Yeah. Exactly. And the problem with that is that... Worth it. it... <laughs> <laughs> the problem with that is it can't help but impact on other people. And so we've got these two things. We're living in tension with them. And... Um, that you know those things then impact how we view other things within society
1: yeah, and I, I think also it's worth mentioning that there's there's been a very, very kind of changing view on how we view our bodies yeah that's representative of what we think of our bodies and our bodies aren't a gift anymore they're something that i work and i and i make it what i want it to be that Mm -hmm. my kind of my my psyche my 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 emotions my thoughts um shape what my body should be like if and if i can change it surgically if i can change it with tattoos if i can change it with clothes if i can change it by going to the gym or whatever it is or if i can change my gender all of those things are kind of tied in that our bodies have just somehow become separate from our our emotions and our soul and our spirits, which is not a biblical view, that's no, but it's, it's a not. kind of modern cultural view. And therefore what I do with my body kinda of doesn't matter. And if I wanna enjoy the pleasure of sex with fifty eight other partners in twenty minutes, then that's what I can do, you know. And <laughs> and this kind of separation I think of of the the body, the physical body, from from the, the me, the my consciousness and my my choices, my, my, my mind, my 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 emotions. And so that's kind of happened as well and yeah, and people then just do what they w- want to do with their body and enjoy it. it becomes yep. consumeristic, and also becomes kind of quite objectifying of people's, You know, people become an object yep. of desire or an object of I'm going to, I want you to mm. fulfill my needs, and, yep. and it becomes very kind of a tool
0: for my satisfaction. Separate, yeah, and, and, and all it's... of that
1: individual individuality kind of feeds into that stuff as well.
0: Definitely, and it in the, in the kind of extremes of society, we see that like really prevalently and and it's a real challenge because you have, all you have to do is look at the statistics of like sex trafficking, child abuse, the proliferation of pornography and the extent to which that, where that goes and and stuff
1: and that is damaging that's damaging people's own perceptions of of their own sexual relationship it makes it unhealthy exactly i like mean that's, so that's often, not my opinion that is yeah you know, it's, it's like it's a scientific yeah.
0: fact okay. that the, the impact of pornography and what that does to people is terrible yeah um you know you only have to look at the statistics of children and their impact uh, the impact that pornography has on them yeah the fact that you know, sex education is having to undo mm-hmm. um, children's views on sex because of because what they are
1: seen on porn. Exactly,
0: yeah. it's it's um, it's really damaging. And so, you know, we talk about the extremes of society, but actually, it perforates. Mm. Uh, all different areas of society
1: we're going to be called prudes for saying all this by the oh way, totally but. <laughs> of course of course <laughs>
0: um but i think the reason that clashes then with um god's view of of sex is that he does set limits mm-hmm. on our freedoms when it comes to sex because um fundamentally sex affects at least one other person
1: obviously <laughs> minimum <laughs> minimum yeah
0: um but it 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 has a deeply impactful effect on yes. people whether people recognize that whether they push down the feelings attached and emotions attached to sex or not it does have an emotional impact on people and yeah. again you know you only have to look at science to understand that you yeah. know the the even the chemical effect yeah sex has on you um shows that it's not just a physical and, thing yeah
1: and there's kind of you know there's been this thing of friends with benefits and all this so as if like i can have sex and it doesn't I, I'm not invested emotionally in it. It's just a physical act. Mm-hmm. I get my kicks, and but there's there is no way that that is sustainable. And and, and as you say, there is something more profound than that it, yeah, in yeah. how we've been hardwired, yeah. and um, as Christians believe. But but I think it's evident. People will know this. Mm. You invest in somebody when you sleep with somebody. You know, there's something. There's a connection that takes place that's more than just a physical act. And absolutely. And and just to say as well, I, I jokingly said we be call prudes. God is not a prude. Like. Mm-mm. Sex is God's idea. If if as a a Christian you believe that God created us and God created man and woman, Um, and in fact, when God just saw Adam by himself, He says, "It's not good for man to be alone." And part of what Adam, what He was going to create for Adam and Eve to enjoy was sex. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't just this kind of like um, to get a job done, but actually, He did it so that it was mutually enjoyable. It was mutually beautiful. It was mutually. Kind of that, th- both parties benefited from it yeah. and became part of an appetite within us. Yeah, that 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 is kind of, I believe, is God given. You know, and so yeah. so to want to have sex is not evil in, of, in and of itself, to desire that is, is a legitimate desire, and the Bible talks about that, yeah. and it is a means of us to procreate, but it's not just that. God doesn't say, right, well, make sure you only enjoy it when you're going to try and make babies. Yeah. You know? <laughs> there's something about it that he's designed us to have that connection with another person and then with us that's exclusive, that's precious, that's beautiful, and that actually represents something of the intimacy that is experienced in the Godhead and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's not a sexual thing, but there's an intimacy that's happening there that he's given us to enjoy as as couples within marriage
0: definitely you can't get away from the fact that the first thing that God tells people to do is be fruitful and multiply the first thing recorded that multiply. He el- <laughs> it's the first thing yeah. he tells he tells people to do and you know multiplying does involve having sex like one of the first things god tells people to do is go have sex <laughs> <laughs> so you know we can't get away from that we can't think that god is prudish we we're not you know christians but shouldn't be standing there telling people not to enjoy but it but who is
1: that instruction to to, Adam and it's to a man and to a woman, and yeah, that's, exactly. that's, therefore that's like the biblical standard. That's the Christian view of the the where the the legitimate place for sex to take place is in that context, because that's where you first mentioned. That's where it's described. That's the context in which it's given as a gift. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, let's talk about then. So, if if the if God isn't approved. And he, um, which he's not, and he, uh, the Bible talks about <clears throat> sex, which it does. Yeah. Um, let's start with what does the Bible actually encourage about sex? Um, what does, what, where does it encourage sex? What does it say about sex yeah. in a positive light? And mm-hmm. like you said, the first thing is that sex is to be exclusively yeah. within a marriage. Yeah, between... a covenantal
1: relationship between yeah. a man and a woman. That is where sex is to be employed. And in fact, the consummation of that covenant is the physical coming together of these two individuals who are committed to be faithful to one another yeah. um, until one of them dies? Yeah, yeah. it's true. Well, you know, so so there's something about it that is within that, and it's that's the context of marriage in the in the garden. Jesus goes back and he says, when he, when they ask him, Pharisees asking him questions about marriage, where does he go? He goes back to Adam and Eve. He says the woman and the man become one flesh. Yeah, and so therefore that's where marriage is. And and Paul very practically in his letters to the Corinthians, he says, look, if you burn in, if you if you just can't get it out of your head and you want sex get married yeah, exactly. but he's saying that is the only legitimate way that you can kind of if you like scratch that itch Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> but he's yeah. saying it's legitimate like that. that's if you want if, if you desire to have sex not everybody does nobody has the same libido but if that's what you if that's where you're at he even says if, if a woman is widowed as a young woman it's better for her to get married again because she might have desires that will want to, to kind of sleep around, and so we're saying, you know, get get a husband. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know,
0: I mean, Proverbs talks about enjoying sex, enjoying yeah. your spouse, enjoying you know during that period of your life. Um, Song of
1: Songs is all about that. Yeah, it's
0: literally an entire book <laughs> devoted to uh, talking about Bailed sex.
1: Language about sex. Yeah. Exactly,
0: uh, it, it's in there. Um, it's I know intimacy. that you know the Jewish in the Jewish tradition, uh, uh, historically. um, children under a certain age weren't young boys weren't allowed to read the song of songs because it was like considered too rudy (laughs) doody for them, you know? Um, and so it's, you know, God is, um, God encourages sex and he encourages regular sex with your spouse. you know yeah, Paul
1: again gives instructions the same letter, same same group. he says, look, if, if you decide not to have sex as a couple for a specific reason, that's fine, but make sure you get back together so that neither of you start looking elsewhere. you know he's yeah, yeah. very practical about he is what this means. Yeah. Um, and Paul was single, so, but he but he understood. The significance of that.
0: Definitely. And then also, you know, and, and again, a very practical reason to have sex is to have children. The you know, that fruitful, is the expected outcome yeah. of um, of sex eventually mm-hmm. is that people will have children. And and it's this beautiful um, expression of love Um Kind of made flesh, yeah, uh, the, yeah. you know, children. So there's there's loads of encouraging scriptures um, about the the goodness of sex, the righteousness of sex, and about it being part of a, a fruitful relationship.
1: It's also interesting that when the Bible lists some uh, sins, things that are, are are immoral against God's standards, yep. um, sexual immorality is not is separate to adultery. Yes. So adultery is is being unfaithful outside of marriage, but sexual immorality is then mentioned as a specific thing in and of its own right, which is sex outside of marriage yeah. with any other person. Yeah. Um, and so therefore, the by the biblical standard is clear that the only legitimate place that God has for sex to take place is between a, 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 a monogamous relationship between a man and a woman. You know, that's yeah. the legitimate place for it.
0: Absolutely. And you know, I think it's worth saying before we then get into the the kind of the warnings about sex and what and what God tells us about what to avoid um although the bible does highlight the importance of sex and the impact of sex mm-hmm. it doesn't put it in a different category in the sense that you know, if if this is something you've got wrong, if this is something you've indulged in, you can't be forgiven for it. No, you know, it's too far. It's a, it's the unforgivable sin or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know, the reason we're talking about this on on the podcast is because it's just something that gets talked about all the time yeah. um, from a Christian perspective. Because people are like, well why can't I have sex outside of marriage? People want to be able to do that again because of the culture we're a part of. Sex is such a big part of it. Yeah, People want to talk about it. But this, in a lot of ways, is is just something that if you've indulged in that um, outside of the, the kind of parameters that God sets for mm-hmm. sex, he absolutely wants to forgive in the same way that he wants to forgive yeah. loads of other but, things. But he does talk about a
1: sin against your own body. There's something that is a physical act and it's more than just the physical part of you it's the emotional spiritual connection that it that that christians would believe takes place in the act of sex in in that sexual act in that intercourse so so again it's it's why it seems to be particularly hit in some of the some of the parts of the new testament in particular well also quite a lot in the old testament as well yeah yeah. that where that 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 sex and sexual immorality god has a very clear standard for where it's permitted and where it's not yeah Um, and there's no gray areas on it. And marriage right. is essential. You know, marriage is, is as we've already said a few times, you know, that's key.
0: Yeah, it. I mean, it provides a safe environment for vulnerability, for trust. You know, mm-hmm. things can, you can figure it out together. You know, there's a, you don't, uh, I mean, uh, again, a lot of what's discussed is like trying to find the best sex. Try before you buy. You yeah, know, exactly. It's <laughs> trying to find the best sexual partner you can ever have. But, um, you know, when you talk to couples that have been together a long time a lot of them will talk about the fact that the best sex they have is as you become more comfortable with of someone course, it's yeah. not it, you know n- like very few people talk about um, kind of the, the first time they have sex and mm. um, whether they're married or not as the best time they've no, ever had exactly. sex mm-hmm. and that trust that care that accountability commitment um, that yeah. commitment um, is is so pivotal to, to having a connection that goes way beyond a physical definitely act.
1: and and you know we might again might be shouted down for saying this, but for for children to grow up in a secure home, the best possible environment for a child, this isn't to put to dismiss the efforts no. of any single parents or any other family unit, but the the, the the primary way a child thrives is in a is in a is within a home where the, the, the mother and the father are married and committed yeah. to one another. You know, they're 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 absolutely committed to one another. They might, <laughs> might not always get on, they might not always um, find it easy but, but for the child to live in that environment is the most secure place and, I, and again there's plenty of evidence to support that
0: exactly that's not our view although it is the Bible's view yeah. um, but it's also a scientific yeah, it's exactly. very, very clear from sociolo- sociological research that a family uh, you know children do thrive in that environment the best in a loving mm-hmm. caring home um, with a mother and father
1: yeah absolutely um,
0: uh, some other kind of I suppose uh, then boundaries that the Bible puts on sex is also lust Mm. Um, You know, the Bible's really clear about actually the way we think, what we lust after, what we pursue um, sexually is important. And actually for a, um, for a, a, a single person, lust is not permitted. We shouldn't be looking at... Um, the the opposite sex and and lusting after them wanting you know desiring mm. sex from them um, the Bible talks about treating uh, as a, as a Christian treating uh, young uh, believers like brothers and sisters mm. and um, having that care for them and not looking at them as objects um, and then for a for a married man or woman your spouse is where you can direct those passions mm. and those um, affections for one yeah. another, yeah. Um, and anything outside of that—that's why Christians would talk about pornography. Not just, you know, the the act of that sex outside of marriage and the people involved in creating it, but then in the indulging in pornography, it's, mm. it's lusting after something.
1: It's because Jesus makes a clear distinct makes a clear connection between what we think. Um, what we start to therefore desire and ponder on and then the outcome of that and yeah. where that inevitably leads and it's a protective point to not bring us into um, a place where we are potentially going to then overstep the mark as well and, yeah. and you know that and that could lead into sexual promiscuity, adultery and all those other things that the Bible talks about and, and actually you know the, it, to rather than say what does the Bible say you shouldn't do regarding sex it's about as you said the beauty of sex in a covenantal married relationship between a man and a woman that where they're committed to one another, where they want the best for one another, where they want to please one another, yep. where they, there's nothing degrading about it. There's nothing selfish about it, but you're doing it because you love that person. And, and that's where the sex is happening. That is the way that sex is at its best.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's the, it's the safest place for sex to be expressed. And it's yeah. the way that protects you, the person you're with. It mm. protects, um, it protects, It protects people because sex when it's abused, um, causes harm and it causes damage. And, um, uh, and so God, you know, he wants the best for us. He wants, um, he wants us to enjoy sex in, in the uh, environment, which he's designed it to function. Yeah. And, um, again, you know, just to compare the Christian view and the culture we live in, it's just very different in terms of what's encouraged. So, um, you know the culture we live in is indulge 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 look at somebody mm. and um and think about them however mm-hmm. you you know however yeah. you want try and engage in that um with them and yet the bible is saying in song of songs it talks about don't awaken love until it's time don't mm. awaken those emotions those feelings don't stir up um those uh, uh, those affections for someone until it's in the right environment yeah. and yeah. um you know, because those feelings become difficult to manage. yeah. And so that's why it's so important um, that even for, you know, Christians who believe this, that actually they direct their uh, sexual appetites and desires into, uh, you know, that time when, when marriage is appropriate for them. I think
1: it's worth saying as well, I, I believe the Bible teaches us that um, the power to withstand these sorts of temptations are only really... <laughs> we can only really do it when God helps us Yeah, the Holy exactly. Spirit helps us and and you know the, the standards we're talking about here are Christian standards these are standards yeah. we would expect somebody who has a Christian faith and therefore has been given by God yep. the ability to pursue this you know yep. um, and that, now it's not saying that people can't be self-controlled they can't make decisions for themselves to, to to wait whether they have faith in God or not but part of what is important to say is that our belief is that God gives us the Power and the ability—if we do struggle with in this area, particularly yeah, yeah. as in any area where we might struggle—gives us power by His Holy Spirit to to help us to to remain pure and to to stop us falling into any any of these traps as well. So it's just worth mentioning that, you know.
0: Absolutely, I think just to finish this off, it, it just—we've talked a lot about marriage during this um, this uh, podcast with with regards to sex, and and I think the reason for that is that sex from the biblical perspective is simply part of marriage yeah it's it's supposed to be expressed in that context and actually marriage is the um, is the higher priority mm-hmm. in, in these things and mm-hmm. so Christians can't really talk about sex without talking about marriage because marriage um Ephesian the book of Ephesians tells us that it displays something of Christ in his and his church and uh, you know paul talks about the fact that it's a mystery and that it's it's not clear exactly um how all of that lines up but marriage and marriage done well is supposed to display the relationship between christ and his church and that's when we talk about sex when we talk about it being enjoyed inside of marriage it's because marriage is supposed to point to something much bigger much more significant than than purely you know our love between us and our spouse, yes. and um, and it's just to point that out really that actually sex has a really important part to play mm-hmm. um, in in people's lives because it's supposed to display something much bigger.
1: Yeah, it's an intimacy and a closeness and a oneness. That's mm. what that's what's represented there. You know, you have the friendship mm. element and companionship. You have the the unconditional love that that happens in a marriage you have the parental love but then you also have this desire to be one to be intimate yeah. you know that goes beyond the, the even the pleasure of it. it's the connection yeah and um and and i think that's that's what is pointing to you know that element of of intimacy and closeness yeah that god wants to have with us you definitely know, which is uh
0: which is an amazing thought it is it is so that is a 20-minute whistle-stop tour of the, what, what God has to think about sex and say about sex in the, in the Bible. I hope this has been really helpful. Again, as always, please leave us comments. Let us know what you think. And uh, if there's anything we can do to help and chat through any of this stuff, please get in touch with all the links that are in the description below.
1: Thanks for watching.